Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Richie. Coming beyond Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Hello and welcome to episode 200 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis. My name's Tom Jordan. Tom, we've reached 200 mm. in terms of audio pods. I think we've probably done a few more because there were some Euro pods back in the day, but 200, huge figure. Yeah, that is a big number, isn't it? That's making me tired, actually, <laughs> seeing that number. Um, but yeah, no, 200, and they've all been wonderful, mate. They've all been an absolute pleasure. If only it was a good celebratory show, but sadly, it's not. Look, we're going to sink our teeth into what happened at Dean Court on Saturday. But before we do that, let's check out the raw reaction from outside the ground. Ticks was doing the fan cams. Here we are outside Dean Court. Uh, unfortunately, a 2-0 loss to Bournemouth in a day that's had spells of wind and rain and sun but not many spells of Bournemouth good play really Tom was there no I thought they they looked most at threat when the lightning hit I thought and yeah. a bit of thunder um, yeah we, they were too good I thought I, I can see why they're optimistic they uh, play probably the most front foot football I've seen Tottenham since we've been in the Premier League uh, both times to be fair so I can see why they're enthusiastic but we had chances and then we let in a sloppy goal uh, second half defensively but yeah, I don't think we were we were good enough today. I don't think their goalkeepers had to make many saves. Uh, we had a few half chances, but we didn't do enough with it. I thought the midfield, yeah, you can see why we needed them players back. Yeah. Don't think we looked quite right, um, but we we were all right. But they just had a little bit too much for us, I think, which was the fear before the game. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit frustrated after that. I think we could have offered a little bit more. I thought a few individual performances weren't quite up to the standard today. Um, and that could have helped us. I think if we played like we did against Liverpool in the opening periods, we could have got a goal and we could have made it hard for them. But as soon as they got the goal, I thought it was quite comfortable for Tottenham. I don't think they'd be coming out of this going 2-0, comfortable yeah, yeah. win. And I don't want I don't want teams to come down here and feel like it's a comfortable win. But I felt like it was for them today. Tottenham fans singing, uh, we've got our Tottenham back. And yeah. without Harry Kane, you, you did say earlier in the week, to be fair, on a, another uh, back in the net video, check it out, uh, that maybe they, maybe they would be better without Harry Kane. It certainly seems the case, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, a weird, it's weird because obviously he's one of their best ever players, obviously their best ever striker. But to be fair, I think sometimes you subconsciously think, oh, he'll get us out of trouble. Yeah. And it makes you work as a, better as a team, and I thought they probably do. But equally, having said that, you know, 
we got a Tottenham back. They never really won anything anyway. Just saying. Um, but no, I can see, as I, as I mentioned, I can see why they're a bit more optimistic. Um, and yeah, they function better as a team. As much as Richarlis is nowhere near as good as Kane, yeah. they function better as a team. So I do get that. Um, but yeah, I think we could have, I think we could have threatened them a bit more. I remember their uh, previous away game against Brentford, where they played similarly, but Brentford offered a lot more of a threat um, at the other end. And I just, I don't know, I just felt like when Dom got it, he didn't really have a lot of support. I didn't think the wide men were particularly good. I didn't think Semenya was as good as he was previously. I didn't think much of Clivert, to be honest with you. Um, Flattered to deceive for me. And yeah, I thought the midfield looked a bit lost. Yeah. So yeah, as I expected at this stage of the season, we're not quite there yet. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to take a bit of time uh, for to, to get with Andoni's system and the way he wants us to play. And I don't think we're quite there yet. And yeah, I just, I just felt we struggled for large parts. I felt they were, they always looked like they were just a, a couple of seconds ahead of us yeah. in everything that happened during the game. And I never really expected us to get anything out of the game throughout it. And that was a shame. I felt. When we bought the subs on, we tried to change things. It never, it never materialised into anything. Thinking we could put pressure on them, and you know they scored on 63 minutes. There was eight minutes at a time. We had over half an hour. That's true. Yeah. So it's only two 0 You get yeah, one goal, yeah. you're back in the game. And I never felt like we looked like we were going to score and get back in the game. We just never. I think if you were a better man, you would have put three 0 on more than you were two one. Yeah. And I think that was the problem today. But. We've got bigger fish to fry, I think, if we go to Brentford and, and try and offer a threat and maybe try and nick a point and then see what happens after the international break. But, yeah, it was a, it was a few weird decisions today, I felt, in the selection. Yeah. Um, and it didn't quite work. I think defensively, as much as he's not all to blame, someone's got to tell me why, why Kelly's better than Celeste. I don't see it. I really don't see it. Didn't think it helped us whatsoever. Um, I just don't see how he's a better defender than Celeste. I don't see that at all. be interesting to see what he does for Swansea. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think yeah. it, it, it might it might be handy because you might see the likes of Traore, uh, Brooksy get some get some crucial minutes and then kick us on after the international break. But like I say, hopefully we get some bodies back. Seeing Alex Scott's here today, uh, there's a few few players here today that are saying they're only a few weeks away. They're only a few weeks away. Okay. So after the international break, hopefully we'll kick on from here. Probably didn't expect anything today, so it is what it is. But um, I kind of look back on that West Ham now and think, oh, we could have won that one. But should've, maybe we should have. It's what it is. Not too bad. All right, buddy. Cheers, Luke. Good to see you. Hey Abby, how are you? Hiya, you alright? Thanks for coming on. No worries, you, you asked for new faces so I thought I would... <laughs> Love on. new faces, I'm back yeah. in the net. Love new faces. Uh, what did you think of the game today? Frustrating. Yeah. It was a bit like, it felt like the Liverpool game again. Because yeah. we started the same way and it looked really good, the press looked really good and they looked a bit kind of not expecting it. Didn't capitalise it like we did against Liverpool unfortunately. And then it kind of drifted off of that and then once they got the first goal I thought, I thought still we were in it. But that second just not. It was like the third one at Liverpool. It just completely knocked the sail, uh, the wind out of our sails. I thought it didn't feel like we were going to come back after that. I felt really optimistic before the game. I was making ridiculous predictions of scorelines yeah. where Bournemouth were going to come out as a winner. And you know, in, oh, in reality, guess, Tottenham are a very, very good side. Yes. Aren't they? No. I think. I think it is like it is again. It's like Liverpool. You can tell they have a. They've relaxed on the ball. They don't yeah. seem flustered really. They don't. Whereas we look a bit. I don't know, like anxious or kind of maybe a bit like we don't have time on the ball like they seem to have time on the ball and the transitions as well, like us going from defence to attack is slower than them going yeah, from yeah. defence oh, to attack. They yeah, were yeah. just there in like two passes yeah. already, you know, around the box and threatening. So whereas we just get a bit like, oh, where do I, where do I, where do yeah, I yeah. pass to? And there was just a massive hole in our midfield as well. Like it felt like they could just run straight through the middle, which is exactly what it was kind of like at Liverpool as well. Yeah, so completely. obviously we're missing people there and mm -hmm. hopefully they'll be back after the international break. It's hard to not be like too harsh because we're not really expecting to no, get no. much out of these games but you still, still optimistic? You're still feeling good about the, the um, Iriola era? I think the real kind of moment to judge it will be after when we get you know the the, the windows closed and we can kind of judge our team yeah. for what it actually is whereas now I kind of feel like when we're bringing on our subs and I don't feel optimistic when we throw Kiefer on anymore do you know what I mean like yeah. I don't I still feel like our attack is kind of lacking that final ball it's yeah. not quite clicking in the final bit we get up we do some good moves to get to around the box and then we don't there's nothing there we also don't we still I mean we haven't since Stannis last but like free kicks, free kicks yeah. um, corners. I yeah. don't feel optimistic at all that we're ever going to score from a corner again. Like I do, <laughs> like you should be. These should be things you're kind of like optimistic about. I don't yeah. know, but it's not like we we don't have a James Ward Prowse or anything that West Ham benefited from like the no, other day. So, yeah, it's frustrating. But you know, I'm not too down about it because I didn't 
best I kind of was hoping for was a draw. I was a bit pessimistic about it, having watched Tottenham the other day or week, and I thought they were yeah, much good. different, you know. And like, like I said, they just had a better. They were a step above today, so yeah. I can't complain too much. But things to do, I think. Things to do, things indeed. To do. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, Abby. That's yeah, brilliant. No Thank worries. you so much. Thanks for going on. Hey, you, Pete. Hi, doing all right. You're right, mate. Yeah. How you feeling? Another, another, another London club we're playing there. You've got to get a train back with this lot as well. No, I mean the car today, Oh, fine, so, that's good then. That's but good. I want to dry out because I, I was in the east stand. Oh, buddy. Right in the very front row. But some nice steward come along and got me a poncho. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. But, uh, oh, dear. Very frustrating today because you see things that you think, right, OK, we're going to put something together here. Here we go. Yeah. And it fizzled out. They were very good passing wise when they keeping the ball and uh, got to give them credit to that Cliver I was listening to to Tom there and he's saying he didn't rate Cliver I for once I'm going to disagree with Tom because I, he's usually very astute I thought uh, Cliver was good today okay and he linked up well with Kirkis yeah on that, that left side. hand side yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who I was disappointed today with was uh, Dom. Dom Solanke, yeah. Yeah, have have the question is uh, have uh, opposition defences got his number ah. and uh, keep him marked out the game? Yeah, maybe. But uh, it is what it is, and uh, a lot of my family are Spurs fans, so I, I was getting voice messages while. I was oh mate, have you listened to them all yet? No, I'll listen to them tonight when I get home. Yeah, yeah. I'll take some stick and what have you, but hey ho. I don't know any Brentford supporters, so. Well, maybe next. Maybe that's us next week. That's that's. Well, that's I'm the there one. next week. So yeah, I'm I will back, see you there. I'm back next week. I think Bills at. Uh, is it Swansea we're playing? Yeah, Swansea in the week. Yeah, yeah in the cup. He, yeah. Bill's going to be there next week. So, uh, anyway. Fab. Right, all right mate. Go. Right, okay. See you soon. Right, see you later. Sweet, all the best. <laughs> Hello, you Hi, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Good. I love that top. I need to I get know, that. Nice, isn't it? I really need to get that. Um, yeah, so the game today. What yeah. did you think? 2-0. Uh, I don't really think it reflects the scoreline. I think it was on a game of most chances. Um, two soft goals. Uh, yeah, they were soft, weren't they? Yeah. And, and actually, when you sort of look on Twitter and you look at uh, sort of little short reports about the goals, they were, you know, the, the Bournemouth defenders were kind yeah. of standing around. Yeah. It did feel a little bit like that, or yeah. almost slow motion, both of them, yeah. weren't they? And because we play such a high line, it's just easy to get behind now. I know we've got fairly um, good amount of pace with Kelly and Zavani, but I just felt we just kept getting overrun in the midfield as well. Um, and especially with positioning with Aaron's and um, Kirkes, they are good going forward. But yeah. I just think position-wise, I just think we're just a bit dodgy in defence at the moment. But it's still promising. It's still good. You know, we've still got players to come back. Um, just a bit concerned with the midfield of uh, Billing and Rothwell or, or Philip and Rothwell. I think yeah. we do need a bit of defensive cover. Obviously, we signed Adams, but obviously he's injured at the moment. Um, but it's looking promising. It's just. It's just sloppy goals to concede, and just, there, yeah. it just sucks the atmosphere out. And it's interesting. I think individually, it sounds like we, you know, we have got good defenders. Yeah. We've, you know, we've got real options in that, especially the centre-back pairing. We've got yeah. options there. Yeah. Uh, yet, the, the problem is that we're not getting protected from from the midfield. I guess. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. Because um, you know, Philip isn't defensive-minded, and Rothwell likes to go forward. And as soon yeah. as you lose a pass, then they're tracking back, and it's just down to defenders just to make cover. Um, so yeah, like I say, when Adams comes back in, it would make a big difference. And you know, Cook Cook is good yeah. in terms of defensive duties, but I think he needs another player next to him that can help out. Because if we're going to play attacking, you, you do need to support the defence. Um, so okay, yeah. Okay, well, thank you yeah. for your thoughts. All the best. Cheers. Come on again. Yeah. Please do. Hey Ben, right. how you doing, buddy? You okay? I said it many times last season. I'm deflated again. Are you? Yeah. Just every, everything about today was toothless. I think we were in attack. We didn't do enough. Okay. I think again, Tottenham they're the better side and yeah. they were more clinical. Yeah. And just I I, I I want to address something that Steve just showed me about right. in the South Stand. How many Spurs fans or people that are meant to be Bournemouth fans in that hospitality thing, the new thing, that were taking photos with the Tottenham players in the South Stand. So that so you're you're like mixing with Bournemouth fans. Right. And they're and and they're just there like taking the mick out of us when when Billing missed when we thought he scored at the end of the first half 
and and just do, doing all of this like and taking photos with players and like filming Spurs end and stuff. I, 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 that's just something that I don't quite get. Cause I, I know in American sports you can mix the crowds and stuff, yeah. and I don't know whether Bill Foley thinks that or or, or whoever whoever's idea that was. I, I would guess, um, I, yeah. just personally, I don't know, but I would guess that it's probably not intentional, and yeah. it's probably it's probably Spurs fans with a BH postcode yeah. who probably you know get enough to get enough points just to be able to go to this game or someone passes them a ticket for this game yeah. which is potentially what happens but it will be something I'm sure that the club will look into I know yeah. that they've looked into it before yeah. talk to me about uh, the people that came in today so we had Kelly come in and we had Clivert come in now how, how do you feel about those two how do they get on I, I can't see any reason about why Lloyd Kelly is better than Sinesi. There, I, I, there is no indicator. Sinesi, he always looks composed. He always, you know, he, he's the nitty gritty defender uh, that, that he's always been. And Kelly, he just, he just didn't do anything. I feel like he, he kind of left us too exposed. And there was one point where he was charging up and was like ended up at almost like a left wing spot. Yeah. And you're, and he's meant to be playing at centre back. If, he, if he's at left back, then maybe that's excusable. Uh, Cliver, I think he did all right. Bit, bit, bit of direct running. He was okay. Um, but yeah, again, again, and when when Trio got subbed on, why he was played on the left, I don't quite understand yeah. because he's better centrally. We saw that against Liverpool for his five ten minute cameo, and then yeah, it's 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 just I feel like it was just poor management overall from us today. I think Sinesi should have started, Triore should have started, and yeah, I, I I do think we need help alongside Solanke because I feel mm. like if he's the main focal point of the team. I don't think that quite suits him. I, I still want him to start, but if we have somebody like Patson Decker that we've been linked with, whether we get him or not, I don't know. Yeah. But somebody that can compliment him, that's got the pace in behind and can can do some stuff that maybe he can't do as well, then that will alleviate some pressure off him and then he can play better. But okay. yeah, that's what I think. Brilliant. Thanks, Ben. All right, cool. Thank All you. the best, buddy. Good to see you. Hi, Andy. How are you? Yeah, well, how are you doing? All yeah, right. yeah, good. You're always very astute with your views. Uh, lay not it on me. Lay it up. I think we need a ball winner, don't we? Um, yeah. The times in that game where Basuma was just the best player on the pitch, and by extension, that meant Madison had space and they could run in behind, and it, it just they just dominated us in that part of the field. Um, Christie and Rothwell, they can be quite similar sorts of player, yeah. um, but neither of them is a ball winner. And so, until we've got that sitting midfielder shield in the back four, teams are going to be able to take advantage of us, but certainly the good teams. And I think you only had to look today. We were very aggressive at times, and it's quite enjoyable to watch, but the ball still moves faster than any player. And when Tottenham got their one-touch passing going, um, we try it on occasion, but there were times, even at 2-0, when they're managing the game, they're knocking it around really, really easy. And it's, let's be fair, it's good to watch. And Liverpool yeah. did it last week. World-class players with good touch will always get past better play with uh, decent players like we've got. Yeah. So until we've got that, I don't think we're going to be able to compete in the upper echelons of the table. I think we've got enough to beat some of the weaker teams, but without a ball winner and the ability to get around players, little triangles here and there, I think we're still going to be um, we're still going to be battling against the, the, the better teams. And I'll just push you on weaker teams. We got we got Swansea coming up midweek in the cup, and then we got Brentford. Can we expect something with either of those games? Do you think? Well, I hope so because I'm going to both of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Swansea. It'll be interesting to see what sort of rotation happens with the squad yeah. stretched already. He'll have to play some of the people who've played today. I'm sure. Yeah. We'll be intrigued to see how that goes. Brentford. I'm not convinced Brentford, I know they've, they've had a reasonably solid start to the season, I don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year, I'm fancy just to get a point there next week maybe. Um, what I do like about the way we're playing now is we're playing with a little bit more physicality. Semenyo, mm. I'm not sure sometimes he knows what he's going to do at the end of his runs, but he does play with a little bit of directness and a little bit of physicality that we have on occasions lacked. Brentford will play with that physicality, hopefully yeah. we can go there and, and at least match them, whereas last year we sort of sat off them and let them just run that game. Yeah, agreed. Brilliant Andy, thank All you right. so much for coming on mate, good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> right, I don't hey. know why I'm laughing. No, I don't know why you're laughing either. You should be on here crying, <laughs> oh, quite no. frankly. It's early in the season. We're allowed a few smiles and giggles right now. Obviously, if this continues, we won't. But it's not going to continue, is it? Is no, it? season doesn't start until after the international break, That's I don't right. think. That's what's in my mind. That's I was, what everyone else is saying. I was hoping today that Tottenham not lost might throw in one of their stupid performances where they don't win the Premier League or make Champions League and they'll lose and yeah. that didn't quite happen they look more more organised they've got, they've got a, a manager that's not got an ego and um, they were very good and we allowed them absolute acres in centre midfield on yeah. that turnover of the ball and um, two good goals two soft goals from our point of view but two good goals 
and James Madison was was very very good. Excellent, especially in like all the dead ball positions as well. He was quite good, and it's interesting. I've, I've spoken to different people, Kurt, and you know, some people said to me, "Oh, well, the defence weren't great," and then other people said, "Well, that's because the midfield weren't great, and so you know, the defence had too much to do." And then other people were saying, "Well, we had nothing up front, no no clinicality." No. So you know, we're coming to the end of the transfer window. Where is your priority position for you? Where do you think it should be? Where it started. Want a striker. Okay. Want a striker. Dom has a part to play in this team. Doesn't do enough in front of goal. At times we probably don't create enough either, but there's opportunities on a wet day where he can hit the ball and he doesn't. He passes it when he's directly in front of it, 18, 19 yards out. And I just think we need a striker to put a little bit of pressure on Dom. Yeah. We need to make sure his position's not guaranteed anymore. And maybe that'll improve him a little bit more in front of goal. So need a striker, need to get Tyler Adams back and some more players back because players like Tavernier not yeah. in this this team is is massively detrimental to us Dangu Tara's directness and there is effort in there I mean I think we're okay the first 15 minutes and of either half yeah and then and then it just sort of falls away a little bit and I think it's just new yeah and only trying to drill it in the squad's probably not had this sort of coaching for a few years and I'm confident I keep saying I said the same at Liverpool it will come together yeah just need to see if we can get something at Brentford get players back fit maybe one or two more in the next six days and I'm sure we'll still finish quite well in this season so Bournemouth went down 2-0 at home to Spurs it was live on TNT Sport it was one of those annoying half past 12 kickoffs which I really don't like because it just it just puts you in a rush beforehand. I mean, usually my match day routine starts about eleven o'clock if it's a three pm. Yeah. So technically, that means I'm starting at half past eight when I'm still in bed. That's the, that's not right. However, yeah, twelve thirty kickoff, and it was a it was a game that had lots to talk about, lots to talk about off the pitch as well with the weather it, like alone, absolutely crazy scenes at Dean Court with thunder, lightning, sun, rain, wind, the lot. But ultimately, it was a match between two teams that one of them was was quality and the other is still finding their feet. I tell you what, mate, really, really frustrating at times, but I'm trying to temper my emotion by realising that we've got so many players out. Mm. We're still finding our feet. Rome wasn't built in the day. But in the meantime, there are still some frustrations. I suppose that's the natural thing, right? Yeah, of course. I think we look back uh, Tottenham at home last season and we threw that game away. We were 2 nil up and we were already annoyed about that. And I think going to the previous week, we lost 9-0 at Liverpool. This time we lost 3-1. So you should be a lot more optimistic because there's clear improvements. But what also ends up happening is you start going, oh, what if? Because we were quite... You know, you've only got to look at the West Ham game. I mean, West Ham were, were top of the league for a time over the weekend. And the only team they haven't beat this season was ourselves. But after that game, most people go, oh, we could have won that. So that's that's just that's just the life of a of a football fan, mate. But you know, looking at it now and reflecting a bit more uh, a few days after the event, I think the fact of the matter was they had a bit too much quality for us. They were more clinical in both boxes. Um, they've got better players. It's all the things I'm saying are, are what you'd kind of expect from Tottenham v Bournemouth at, at this moment. I would say that um, you know both teams play some decent football. Both had opportunities in the game, but you know the. The quality shone in the end and, and they just had a little bit too much for us. Um, they just had a, an extra gear to go up. And yeah, and we all know that it's hard to implement a new system and a new style when you've got some real key players out as well, which which hasn't helped us. But um, what I will say to Tottenham's credit is they're also going under a, a new project and a new style and lost their main focal point and they're adapting very, very quickly. Um, so massive credit to them and the, the manager. I think the difference for them is their focal point who everything seemed to go for on Saturday was fit and has hit the ground running with them whereas our focal point I'm not really too sure where it is but it's clear that we're missing a certain player at a certain position when Jefferson left Tyler Adams coming in not fit yet I think that's he's going to be key for us this season but I'm sure we'll talk about that later on well, we're pleased to announce that this season, the Back of the Net is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Bournemouth fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Bournemouth, Barnsley, Birmingham, wherever, you can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during the season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you a little bit closer to the action. 
Now, of course, this weekend, Cherries faced Tottenham. It was actually live on TNT. So if you weren't at a ground, we hope you watched it at your local Green King Sport Pub. And I've got to say, mate, mm, I got a few texts on Saturday. Got one from Layla. I got one from, from Lucy. I got one from someone else saying, Sam, like, your your face is on TV in the concourse. Oh, I, I got told that as well, yeah. And I just started going, where's mine? <laughs> Because I didn't, I didn't get that gig. So Rich, hey. uh, Rich Neal was also on TNT Sport being interviewed, I think, by Jules Breach. They were... They are Jules. Yeah, Jules, yeah, she's really good. Uh, one thing I've noticed with TNT Sport is that BT Sport did this when they sort of uh, came into the Premier League uh, sporting coverage arena. They they sort of tried to mix it up and they were they were broadcasting from so many different areas within, right. within the state. So I was looking at uh, TNT Sport on my phone about 11.30 when it started pissing down. I'm, like, I'm not going to get out of the car yet. Yeah. And... Um, Crouchy and Joe Cole were doing keepy uppies in the ball of changing room. Brilliant. <laughs> no word of a lie. But... And then, you know, they're filming in the concourse, they're filming in the tunnel, they're filming in all sorts of different areas. Then Jules Breach is outside the stadium, getting loads of different box pops from Bournemouth fans. And yeah, in, in, in terms of the coverage there, they are certainly bringing something else to the game. But, you know, I, I wasn't even sure whether the game was going on at one point, mate, because everyone seemed to have on their phones notifications that the game is postponed. I know. I stood there and I was like, oh, you're right, mate. I saw you. And then you went, game's off. <laughs> no, it's mate. Uh, game's off. There was like, game's off, game's off, game's off. So like, what's going on there? And was it, I'm not sure exactly, did it get hacked or something, the BBC or something weird happened? Did it, it, it just come up as like a notification, then it postponed. Yeah. Was it BBC? Well, it's weird. I think, I, I think this is the way it works in football media. I don't know, but there's a central, like, source that pumps out the basic information like all, all the match action yeah uh, you know um this player played a left-footed pass to this player and these scores yeah. from outside the box and that gets fed into certain outlets like bbc sky etc they've also got their own people there to do some yeah, extra sure. you know coverage i'm sure but i've got a feeling that someone who was running back just accidentally hit their own button or put out a, yeah. a thing or got hacked so sky sports uh like football app had it uh, bbc yeah. sport had it but because people have got their notifications on, again, these updates, yeah, and then, oh yeah, game's off, where there's like 10,000 people in the crowd already, yeah. so I was, I was, I saw you in the concourse, and you were like, what? I was about to queue for another party, I thought well, I was a stay here then, but uh, and I think when you see that notification, then you look out and see the heavens open, and mm. you get a tiny bit of that, but you also think, really? Could it really? And then I start thinking, oh, is there some sort of traffic problem, do you know what I mean? But, because it yeah. ended up being nothing. We've had it postponed for stadium damage before at Forest. Uh, uh, we've had it like that, right, didn't it? <laughs> it worked out all right. And I thought, well, a little bit of a downpour, game's off, but anyway, not not, not the case. So 11.30 then, teams come out, yeah. and this is what we got then. So for those watching on YouTube, you can see the teams here, so I'll talk you through it. Neto, from right to left at the back, Aaron's Zabani, Kelly, Kirkes, then Christian Rothwell just in front with Billing, just in front of them in that kind of triangle. Cliver on the left, Semenu on the right. Solanke up top. For them, James Madison was starting after rumours of him being out and it turned out that he was the pivotal figure for them. I think we can actually pick out a number of players for, for Spurs and yeah. great games. And we will do throughout. We'll we'll try to be neutral. But when you see that... Mm. I, Oh, so, so first thing I always do, Tom, is look at the starting eleven. Of course, yeah. right? And then I think, oh, Kelly's in. Sanessi uh, must be injured. Scroll down. Oh, he's on the bench. Yeah. So I thought, oh, maybe he's got a slight knock or something. But as it transpires, it was for tactical reasons. And yeah. in hindsight, I'm looking back at that, thinking, oh God, that was a bad decision. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, well, yeah, you can't argue it when you, when you lose game two 0 Um I guess I can see it to a degree in terms of what he's. Well, managers ended up saying that it was a, a pace thing, and yeah, Kelly's got 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 the pace over Sanessi. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't end up working. I so say I wasn't too. I think I in the preview I said we go on change. Obviously, got that one wrong. Um, and Kyver got the got the nod on the left, which I wasn't as surprised about. I thought that was. I think we discussed that in the preview. Kind of that was one I thought maybe you might give him a go over Anthony. Another one that people might disagree. I'm sure going to it, I don't think worked at all. And for them, I, I changed Madison because we heard about the knock, but they were actually unchanged, weren't they? Um, but yeah, as, as the game went on, then then changes for me didn't work yeah. uh, whatsoever. I thought both changes were, and I'll, I'll go into why, because I think there is this perception that Clover done okay, and he probably did, but there's there's reasons why I think it didn't work um, personally. And yeah, it was, 
you know, you, you're there to make make big big calls as as a manager, and if we go and get something out of that game, you go, what a genius putting Kelly. Yeah. It just what it just is what it is. It, it just didn't work, and um, he's got a as a new manager as well. You he hasn't really seen Kelly because he didn't really do preseason, and you could also say that when he brought Semenya on, when he hadn't seen him before because he wasn't in uh, preseason, and look how well that's turned out. Yeah. So you've got you've got to try these things at certain stages, and I guess from his point of view, he thought we might lack a bit of pace in the back. Kenny's fit now. Let's see how he gets on with Zabani. He's got this kind of way about him that's very chilled out vibe, almost pedestrian at times, but often his pace gets him out of trouble. And sometimes I see these kind of lazy passes or maybe overhead passes, just weight-wise. He's he's firing balls at like, uh, well, there was one at Milos Kerkes that was fired way too far. Yet. You know, you look at how Senesi does in a game and I just think he rarely puts a foot wrong. So that, yeah. that's one thing that maybe they were just thinking with Hungmin Son on the pitch and some of the pace they've got, he would be better to deal with it, but didn't. No. No, and I think the only thing you could probably, that I would, if I tried to uh, go for Kelly, is, is like we mentioned, that he's better in a foot race than Celestine. But to be honest with you, I don't, I don't um, like I say, let's, let's put it out there, Lloyd Kelly's not the reason we lost this football match. 100%. Um, and Lloyd Kelly hasn't suddenly turned into an awful footballer. I just, um, I don't see, just just my opinion, I don't see how he's a better defender than than Celestine in any way, really. Because yes, he's he's got more pace, but I don't think he's got more pace in his head. He Celeste reads the game far better, in my opinion. Than obviously the goals aren't really anyone's particular fault, no. but I think okay, you've got pace, but then people ghosting past him anyway because they were a step step uh, quicker in the head. So did it really matter? I don't think his pace got us out of trouble too many times in the yeah. game because of the way they played it. But it was a yeah, it wasn't like he was the only one that had an under par game or anything. But um, yeah, I think when there's an obvious. Um, change and an alarming change in terms of the lineups, you're gonna focus on it a little bit more. Um and yeah, I just it's a weird one. I I think I spoke to you about it, but every manager when Lloyd Kenny's that we've had, when Lloyd Kenny's fit, Lloyd Kenny plays. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason for it. They and that's the same as Adam Smith who's had his crit uh, yeah. years. He's he's always played. Yes, yeah, so there's got to be a reason for it. Um and maybe pace is a big factor and don't be wrong, he's he's got quality as well. He's not just pace. But for a Last season, probably, and um, yeah, yeah, most evidently because he was, he was obviously he had a lot of quality in the championship. I think in the Premier League, the first time back, um, I, I, I didn't see it last season. I felt Chelsea, um, yeah, just haven't really seen, haven't really seen um, this kind of level of quality from him. I don't think the odd injury, the odd time playing left back, hasn't helped his progression in my opinion. But um, and I certainly wouldn't like to let Lloyd go. But for me, it was a strange call. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, look, let's um, let's talk about what happened then. I mean, the first moment of madness. You in the Telegram group. We'll talk about Telegram later on how you can get involved in it. By the way, yeah. um, you said that you thought Neto had a look shaky at times, and that was that was conveyed in the 14th minute when he, it, uh, he somehow just gives the ball. I mean, why? Obviously, we're looking to play it out from the back whenever we can, but he played it straight to one of their players who who then. We nearly counter through Son. Mm. However, uh, he manages to recover and save. But oh my goodness me, that was uh, that could have been easily one 0 down thanks to the keeper. And there's been a few moments like that over the yeah. last year or so. Where I always looked at him thinking, "Ooh, I shaky." I love Nato, and I think okay. the, the leadership he brings, and he's a good, uh, good quality goalkeeper. But there's you're, with goalkeepers in the, the day, if you make an error, if it's punished, you'll you'll never really end of it. I do feel like. Back in the last season, the start of this season, he's made some errors, but they haven't been punished. Mm. And I do wonder if they're... I mean, I'm hoping I'm completely wrong. But I do wonder, because he's clearly our best goalkeeper, by the way, if there'll be a spell where some of these errors get punished and we'll start looking at him a little bit. There's, there's In just in the general game, I think there's a few moments, oh, God, what's he doing? Whether it's with his feet, whether it's a, a save that looks a bit unorthodox and just... Yeah, I, there's just a few little moments. Um, nothing to say we need a keeper or we need a drop or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just um, it was just something that I noticed, like you say, with with that as well. And we'll get on to the first goal. It's not an error. Mm. It's not the best goalkeeper to try and save it, is it? No, it's it's very difficult because the ball's played through by Saar, wasn't it? Yeah, and like, Madison was Madison was running onto it, and I wasn't sure what he was going to do, but he's got the slightest touch. And like I said on the vlog, it sort of reminded me of their goal. Last week for Man United, but Curtis Davis got the slightest of touches. I think it, it, it went down as an own goal in the end. But yeah, and he just he just managed to 
I don't know because in my mind, if I was Neto, I would expect James Madison be True. to be going to my left, and he didn't. He sort of let the ball carry on its trajectory and just added a little bit more. Mm. Um, it's not an error. It's so hard. It's definitely not an error. No. And that goal is not down to Neto at all. All I'm saying is, would a, a top quality goalkeeper might do better? Mm. It is just, it's just what I'm pointing out. I'm not, I'm not saying that's an error at all. Um, but yeah, like you say, mate, he ghosted through pretty comfortably. It was a very, very clever pass. Um, from Saar it was and it was perfectly timed run wasn't it um, but yeah that that's what was happening all game Madison is their best player mm. our weakness at the moment is in the middle of the pitch and it was so evident I found it funny the way the North Stand were singing Southgate's right you're in shite to him when he's clearly unbelievable <laughs> and, and now their best player and it was nice to see throughout the game him having a little bit of banter with, yeah, the, um, with the home fans in the North Stand I say I say home fans in the North Stand there are also some Spurs fans. What is going on? It's happening all the time when we play the top six sides. In the South Stand, there were Spurs fans in there. Of course, like hospitality people going in there. Even the ball boys were celebrating when Spurs scored. What is going on, mate? It seems to be that fewer and fewer Bournemouth fans are actually watching their own team now. Yeah, I know. I do believe the, um, the ball boy plays for us at the young age and is a Tottenham fan. Suppose that's yeah difficult if he's a ball boy, but um, yeah, the I mean it just happens all the time, doesn't it? It's uh, it's not going to stop, in my opinion. I don't. I think it's quite easy. I think in terms of what stewards kind of there to do, surely one of the things is pick up the seat number and report back to someone that's in the wrong stand. Surely one day it's going to kick off. There's going to be a fight, and it's going to be reported nationally in the press and it's not going to be a good look on our club uh, we need to all do our bit in terms of reporting seat numbers whether anyone did or not I don't know but uh, anyway you can always you can always comfort yourself with a half and half scarf mate and I saw them before the game actually yeah, just on the side one a nice little half and half it's to remember the day that we lost 2-0 to Tottenham what a memory that would be to have as a scarf yeah um yeah we don't get that either but there you go that's kind of the way we seem to be going down at the moment um but yeah, it's just, I think, like you said, it's a good point about, you know, it could kick off sometime when you have your finger safety stuff with um, fans in the wrong stands. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I've just always thought of it probably a bit too sentimentally, but I know people that can't get to games, really struggle to get to games, can't go with a, a friend or family member that they've been going with for years. And it potentially might be because the away fans got your seat and yeah. because they've got a bit of that. So yeah, yeah I'm not a fan of it, mate, but yes, in... I don't feel like it's going to stop anytime soon, but all we can do is... Right, uh, what's, what's scary is that in the Premier League, we've got the lowest amount of hospitality seats as a ratio to no. uh, match-going fans. If they're looking to increase it even further, um, in my mind, that, that's alienating fans from, from our our club. Um, there are a lot of fans that are feeling a little bit alienated and they've got the right amount of points to watch their team in the Ted McDougal stand, but they can't because... The cheapest seat is £139. It's just, and look, but, you know, in the same breath, I can I can understand that there is a there's a bigger picture here and they need to monetize everything they've got in order to have the funds to build a stadium there and then is inclusive for all. So they, they you know, at the moment, um, they're trying to do everything they can to, you know, to fund that, I'm sure, by, yeah, by you know, squeezing every last drop out of the stadium, like we said before. So I can understand it. I just hope that the people that have been supporting and going to the games all these years, mm. it, in the three years that they get frozen out, don't lose the love of their club and decide, actually, I can't be bothered. But um, we, we've gone off on a tangent. Um, look, um, Spurs look classy. Spurs, yeah. Spurs did look classy all over the pitch. And we did lack, in my mind, a little bit of a cutting edge. There was some, there was some really good sort of build-up uh, you know, moments. Yeah. But really... I mean, we can see the shots chalkboard there. I mean, it, if you have a look at it, it looks like we registered lots of shots, but they never really troubled the keeper, did they? I can't remember the goalie making a really, really good save. We, we had a few moments, but they were few and far between. But I just found any time we did get into that last third, yeah, um, we sort of we lost our heads a little bit. And, you know, the build-up play was was all right but when it came to the crunch mm. we, ju we just weren't on it and you know that's shown with like Phillips shot just mm. before half time there was uh, Semenya had an effort which was which was well blocked I think there was a there was a header at the far post I think again by Philip that didn't really mm. test the keeper so we were getting into the position yeah but when it came down to it we just we just 
yeah couldn't quite didn't have that, no like i say didn't have that that cutting edge um some of the yeah some of the build-up players you say mate was was quite nice and, and you thought right we're getting somewhere and then it kind of broke down um yeah probably credit to Tottenham they defended it quite well got their bodies in the way but yeah again as i feel like i've been saying for ever since we started the channel mate dom Zelanke is uh quite isolated at times um i don't think it's helping like it all goes back to this midfield issue in my opinion because Phillips too deep um, but he's being told to be deep but not, it's not his fault um, he's being asked to play slightly more reserved and we all know we've seen it enough with Phil that he's far more he's only really effective if he's further up the pitch yeah yeah um, so if he's not doing that role we struggle but then can Christie do a deeper role probably not um, so it's it's really difficult to get the balance in there he's obviously trying to change it at half time bring a Lewis on um, and that's good to have him back but yeah it's, it's really difficult to get that balance with that three because I would say all three of them, none of them are playing in their natural position. There's that's three in the middle of the park. And when you've got a player for them that yeah. is playing in the perfect position for him where everything's going through him, then he just he he, he just completely dominated. I tell you what, mm. there, there was that moment on um what was it about thirty five minutes or so when Semenyo at the time I thought it was a it was there was a there was a foul on the edge of their box and then they broke. And this and this is what obviously happens when you commit so many yeah, cool. players forward to your attacks whenever they get the ball there is going to be that risk and Spurs nearly did punish us Harold Charleston didn't score What's the I, d- I don't know probably because it is a yeah now Kirk has done really well didn't he to get he that. did well um, and kind of threw it away but yeah um, I, don't, I don't know what's I don't know how that's not that's dangerous man I mean it's difficult to see on the it's Romero isn't it that makes the tackle on the edge of their box mm. on Semenyo He's very, very the way he's tackled. I think that's that's more dangerous than the studs up for me. That scissor action. Do you think if if they'd scored, VAR would have looked it's at true. It's a good point. I yeah. really hope they would have. It's a good point. Um, yeah, it just it. I don't want to call for red cards, but I'm just surprised it wasn't really like looked at and maybe thought. Well, that's got to be a foul. I'm surprised I haven't gone to Mr. Clear foul there. It's a bit dangerous. Maybe give him a booking at least, and Bournemouth should have a free kick there. And that's I know everyone's talking about the fact that there's a case that they go down ten men there. There's also a case that no one's really mentioned that we've got a free kick right on the edge of the box. I know we're not brilliant at set pieces, but it's a good position of a free kick. Um, yeah, it was it was just frustrating. I, I did notice, actually, I went, who, who did Man United play this weekend? Uh, Forrest, was it? Yeah. Um, I, I saw um, Fernandez. I saw him try to do what Phil Bill did to Kiefer Moore. Oh, really? Yeah, with uh, well, with one of those free kicks from that exact angle. Yeah, well, didn't, it didn't quite work. No, you try and replicate But you know what? I, yeah, well, we should have had a free kick there, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we managed to get away with it. Philip had that chance before half-time. We just... Yeah, I think had... I, I think I said to you at the break, mate, um, I think it was on the, on the vlog, that that was the thing. I didn't think we were awful. No. But was I happy... 1-0 down and yeah I'm relieved actually that it's only one even though we had a few little chances like you say Billy and Flash went across I was kind of relieved and then um, don't know if, that, if it was an injury or a bit tactical but obviously Chuck Lewis on and mm. just just want to say without him being brilliant I thought he looked pretty sharp for a guy that's been injured I, yeah. I thought he was fine on the ball again he's not a you know crushing defensive midfield player um, but yeah it was, it was nice seeing him back anyway wasn't it yeah he came off at the expense of um, Jerry Rothwell who I don't know whether there was an injury or whatever, but he just wasn't. He wasn't quite at it, and you couldn't mm. say that he was at fault for um, partly at fault for their goal that they yeah. did score. The second half, tempo wise, was was a lot better. I thought started and, well. I thought yeah, we started well, but yeah, without really any end products. I know that Semenya had that shot that he kind of uh, he got his leg, his left foot around it, and it Sorry. nearly nearly troubled the keeper, but just went to the side netting, as you said. Mm. Um, Later on in the game, Anthony comes on and did like a weak shot on no. goal. But there, you know, there were a few moments in in the half where I thought, oh, you know what, we're actually like we're looking better and we're looking sharper. But then what what happens is we have a a break in play, which I've said this on the fan cams on the on the vlog. That's what happened at Liverpool. Just this break in momentum, this shift where there's a few changes. There's and there's quite a few. I think for for either side, yes, because they bring on Perisic. Hoiberg, but also then we bring on Anthony and Triore. Yeah, which at the time felt like good subs. For me. Yeah, that's and um, we all know everyone was screaming for Triore to start because of how good he was at Anfield. I thought he was hopeless when he came on. Yeah. It's a weird one with Traore, isn't it? He's either he seems like he either changes the game or he doesn't really do anything. Um, and yeah, it didn't didn't work for Jane. I think the main thing was I think Andoni said this, didn't he? That 
I shouldn't have taken Ryan Christie off. I wanted to be a bit more offensive. Oh, and I was surprised he was so upfront about that. Yeah, I think I to Tom, Tom Crocker from the Echo reported that you don't tend to get such upfront honesty from managers on decisions so quickly after. But it, it was a regret of his and he felt that Cherries were worse off after he did. And yeah. can, I, can I just talk about that pirouette that he did? Oh, from like Neto's, or was it like a, a goal kick or something? It looked like it was going out of play. Oh, and then unbelievable. That was in the first half, but that, that was absolutely right. Or Cristiano. I thought that um, He's he, he, he works so hard. Can we just, he had a shot on target. And match of the day must have showed it, right? Nope. Ryan, it gets funny. He's probably got there, hasn't he, with the wife and kids. He's gone, I had a shot on target. They go, no, you didn't, Ryan. Don't be ridiculous. Watch it. Watch it. Didn't show it. Didn't show it. But no, he, he was he was really, really good. I think you got. I think we forget that. Was it? Uh, I think it, I might be wrong. I think it was the Lorient game he couldn't play. Um, he had like a slight issue, didn't he, at the end of pre-season. So I think he is being careful with him and he's presses so hard, works so hard. So I think he thought... I'll take him off. I want to kind of keep some of billing on. They they got a bit more. They, they got more of a goal threat. And oh, it's funny at the time everyone's going to get Traore on. Yeah. And I thought people have made this this thing about just going to go into the Clivert. Um, well, obviously he got his first start. And people have said, which I get. Well, Clivert was quite good. He's one of the typical players that he dribbles at people, so you think he's playing really well. I don't think enough people have spoke about the fact. I talked about this with with my dad actually that. We were getting our joy, particularly in the first half, on that right-hand side with Aarons and Semenyo. Even though Kirkes was brilliant, we said about the clearance off the line, he couldn't get forward as, enough because he didn't have any link-up with the with the wide man. Yeah. Do you remember last season when Zamora and Anthony, you know, it was always really good, and then suddenly Anthony, you go, oh, Anthony's not playing very well, you drop him, and then Zamora's not as good. Yeah, yeah. And Anthony, I think, gets a lot of criticism because maybe he's not as good on the eye as your Kiverts and, and other people with Tara and stuff when they're fit. But their left back's never as good. They're never as good if Anthony in front because Anthony's very clever at linking. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's to be all and end all because he needs to produce more and he hasn't been good in the first two games really for his standards. But I I felt like as much as Clive wasn't bad and he tries to do things and plays off the cuff a little bit, I think we lost a lot from Kirkas. But I really do. I don't think the balance looked right on that side. And I think it was quite obvious that Aaron's and Semenyo was more of a threat than I mean, oh, yeah absolutely so I got bringing Anthony on for Cliver and, and like I said I got Traore coming on because of how good he was off the bench the week prior I, d- I did like some things that Cliver did I actually quite liked I like his direction uh, yeah. directness you know there was this there was this marauding run he went on in the first half where he basically started from the the left wing position but then ran diagonally across the pitch like yeah. almost to the right apex of the penalty area and I was thinking, like, if you're a right back for Spurs, what what on earth do you do if he's making that run? Do you, yeah. you know, do you like do you go with him? It, I mean, it must confuse. And like, we create a chance out the end of it. And I I sort of like that randomness. But you're right. I don't think. I mean, that chance that we that big chance that we had with Phil Bill mm. that actually came. I thought that Cliver passed to him. It wasn't. It was a shot. Yeah. That deflected to Phil Bill. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be a, a good player for us and, mm. and key for us because I think he's he's going to offer a lot. I think he will have goals in him. And, and I like him as his first start. It was just a point that I hadn't seen from Fagad stuff really discussed that I felt like it took a little bit away from Kirkos going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because there was less of a link. Because just because I don't think Clivers is much that sort of player, which is fine. You want your wingers to be different. But he's not someone that I can see linking up that much. He's a bit like Dembele was. He's better than Dembele, but a bit like what he was. Um, and yeah, so I kind of got, and put it this way, I thought Clivers done okay. Do I expect him to start in the next league game? No. And, and that kind of says it. All to me, I don't think he'll start now. Um, I think he'll look at him and think, oh, I preferred what we have with Jaden. Um, but yeah, like I said, I thought the subs were good. It just weirdly, and fair play for Ryan Daly for saying it, it didn't transpire and they scored straight away. Yeah, and it's uh, and again, like I said, a moment of significant change mm-hmm. in the match and it sees us concede immediately afterwards. And like, you know, we've talked about Lloyd Kelly and the fact that we don't think any goals are direct, but the replay makes it look really bad because there's an angle yeah. where Kelly looks like he should clear it. And then out of nowhere, Kulisewski then, uh, you know, just ghosts in and manages to get that deft touch on it. But it, yeah, it was a good bit of play with um, Doggy, who you pointed out on the on the preview, pulled it back and then, mm. yeah, really nice touch. But there's one replay that does make Lloyd look quite footed, yeah. I've got to say, but it wasn't just him. No, because um, Kudasevsky's yeah. come from that right side, so maybe Kirkus could do a little bit more. Yeah, no, just, exactly. There's loads of things that happen uh, for that goal, um, for for sure. But yeah, it was it was a real killer because 
like you say, that we felt like we were doing all right. We made the subs to try and impact it yeah. more. And then, here we go. It was a bit like, like you said, at Anfield, they got to send them off, right? Here we go. And yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a killer. And then we, then you know that we're scrambling a little bit because the subs aren't the level that we yeah. want them to be. That's no disrespect to the subs, but you think, oh, now we're just going to bring players on kind of just to see what happens. It's not really any sort of approach because we haven't got the bodies. Um, but yeah, it was, it was frustrating. I think as soon as they made a 2 0, I thought, we probably should just get out of there now because I felt like it was more likely they were going to get third. In the second half, though, I did think that Semenyo was a was a really Brilliant. bright spark. And on Telegram, we'll talk about that later, as I say. But you you gave him your your man of the match, and I completely agree because it, it's just the way he's like he always bullies mm. players and he barges into him. He uses his strength to his advantage and. He wins the ball back and then he goes on a run. There was that, that that run where the referee actually quite correctly pulled it back for a free kick, but he he nearly set us through then. And he, I don't know, like there's a directness about him that I really really like. And those are the kind of players that really get fans up for oh, when definitely. you see players actually playing for the shirt. And I think he had, a, but like you said, I think he came off seventy minutes or so. Yeah, he sort of ran out of steam a little bit. And I, you would if you play like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, another player that he obviously missed all the preseason. So and the way he works. I, I genuinely didn't realise the strength he had. Um, it's the way he kind of wins the ball back, gets his body in front. And I want to put my hand up because I remember at the start of the season, we were kind of going through players and I went, it seems like we haven't seen much of him yet, but it feels like he's just like, is it an upgrade on Jamal Lowe? Really? Yes, <laughs> it is. We haven't seen enough of him. He feels like a new signing. I didn't think he was this good. I don't think anyone did because before the start of the season, no one was ever talking about him in anyone's best 11s. No, no one mentioned him. Um, he's been different class. Um, probably, I'd probably say him and Kirk has yeah. BR two uh, three games, but they're BR two best players. Um, and yeah, I, I love what I love what Semenya brings. Be interesting to see, you know, if we if we're looking to maybe Wrestlanki say um, for the cup and stuff. I wonder if Semenya could be a handful up top. I'd love to see him there. Wouldn't yeah, I? it'd be worth it. Worth a go. I, I love him wide. You don't need to change it, but that's what the cup's there for. Maybe give him a little go up there. Maybe you can go in the cup and you go, hang on, let's go 4 4 2. Let's put him with Dog or whatever. But um, yeah, I like what he brings. And as long as he stays fit, I think he's, yeah, he's going to feel like another new signing, mate. So yeah, really impressed with him again. I can't remember. I might be wrong, so you won't remember. Did they name a man of the match in the stadium? Because I can't remember hearing it. No, I can't. Do they, but they're like, no, I can't remember. Do they not do it when it's on telly because the telly do one? Uh, possibly. Maybe. Yeah, but I can't remember hearing it, but I thought. But I put a poll up on our Instagram um, and there's different polls you see, obviously, about man of the match and I didn't see anyone say anything other than Semenyo, to be honest with you. Uh, statistically, who do you think that who scored put as the man of the match statistically? Oh, for us? Yeah. For us, Semenyo would definitely be up there. Um, Semenyo would be up there. Who else would be up there? Let me just try and think. I think Aaron's done quite well. Well, statistically, it was Zabani. Yes, that's not... Sh- that's- I said that on bloody... Telegram. He did, and that's because of the blocks he made. And I thought I put a, as I said, when I put the uh, man of the match uh, poll up, I thought it's everyone's going to vote Semenyo for, but Zabadi should be a close second. But he was, I think he came fourth. I think I, I think Christie and maybe Kirkus come ahead of him. But I thought Zabadi didn't do anything wrong all game. I thought he was mustard. I thought he won some medals. He was good at coming out with the ball at times. Which you got to remember, he's kind of I feel like the first two games he's been that deeper one and Celeste has been bringing it out yeah. and I felt like in this game we let Zavadi bring it out I think you forget how young he is as well I think he's he's top drawer and yeah I think he went under the radar that doesn't surprise me actually I said bloody so why don't I say can we come does it does it worry you that look we're all pointing towards this one position right this Tyler Adams position yeah. does it worry you a little bit uh, you know, we've, on Tyler yeah, we uh, we've still got a lot of strong players on the pitch here, and we're all like, well, we got Alex Scott out, we got Tyler, out, but we can't play all of them. No, we play one. What what I, what I will say is, yes, obviously that's that's a key position, but what it's it goes into a wider point because if you don't with without having your midfielders there, you've got Rothwell playing in a role that he's not used to. Billing yeah. has to then go deeper, which he's not used to. Christie has always played wider for us, actually. Yeah, and he's and he's he's now playing. So it's not just one. Even though it is one position, it means that everything has to be a bit things out of joint because. Of and that. then and then you can go deeper and go when the centre arse get it. Defensive midfield player knows where to be. Rothwell's kind of like, do I drop back here? Do I go forward? Mm. And then little runs off the shoulder. They're not used to it, and it's it then culminates into a lot of different things. And I think that's what's happening. And I want to make a point that whatever happens, Rothwell is. is 
to go into a role he's never played. He comes to us as a goal scorer midfielder. Yeah. And credit to him, I really hope that once we get, hopefully, Tyler Adams and he ends up being really good for us, I would love to see Rothwell playing essentially a little bit further. I'm not being funny, I know we've got loads of options there, but a double kind of pivot of Adams and Rothwell with being in front set sounds really good. But um, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, into the game and talking about that midfield area, before the game, if you'd seen the two lineups and you'd gone, right, guess the sort of match report of the game, I'd have gone, it's going to be, we're going to do all right, but Madison's going to have too much joy. He's going to be the difference because we haven't got the midfield and their best players playing in there. Yeah. So Madison will probably be the difference in this game. That's exactly what happened. I don't think it's, if you look at the two lineups, is it really surprising that James Madison had a lot of room? Yeah, do you know? Like, it, it was the worst team to play when you haven't got a defensive midfield player because of the way Madison, and before the game, we thought he might be injured and that, I'm not saying we would have won, but how much of a difference would that make? Yeah. He was... I'll tell you what, I'll make a point, actually. From all the time we've been in the Premier League, one of the best I've seen live. Wow. One of the best I've seen live. And you've got loads of I always thought, in that position as well, I always thought, you know, the David Silva had a few quality yeah. games against, obviously, the broad. One of the best that you've Honestly, wow. For Leicester, he didn't, because he actually set us up last season. Phil Bill. And it's always harder when you're in a lesser team, no respect to Leicester. Yeah. But that game, I thought, wow, he, he's just running this game. And there's... We've always been pretty decent when we've been in the Premier League and there's never been... There's obviously a lot of quality players, as I mentioned, with De Bruyne and different people and the Hazard at times. But yeah, for me, he's up there. I, I thought he was unplayable. Well, when you look at the heat maps, I mean, the centre of the pitch really was their hotspot. What was, what was frustrating for us is that the only way we were getting any joy is when we go down the wings, whereas they were cutting down the core of the pitch, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. All of the time. And he, you know, he was pulling the strings. I think a number of their players, we could probably name most of them, but yeah. Spurs have got Spurs have got something this season. I don't think that, you know, they're not going to be challenging for the title. No, but not going to be uh, top four, definitely. It, it must be exciting for their fans now to be watching, you know, 11 players that are giving it all and not having to rely on their main target man anymore. Who scored two for Bayern, but oh, didn't he? Yeah, he and, really flat. And, and also he missed a, a golden chance to score his half. Well, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think there's definitely room for optimism. I think they, they'll keep their expectations um, pretty low and not start going, oh my God, can we win the league? Yes. That's, that's when you start getting to problems. So I do think that that it's mad, isn't it? They've, they've lost an absolute goal machine and the replacement striker can't hit a barn door. Mm. But I feel like they'll score more goals this season. And that sounds mental, but that is what started. They then get goals from anywhere. And Richardson will get a few. And I think they... Maybe before the end of the window, might bring another body there. But Son will get goals. Kudasevsky will get goals. Madison will clearly get goals. And as we saw in other games, that you have someone like Sark can bomb on and, and get you a goal as well. I thought him and Basuma were brilliant at just allowing Madison to do what he wanted because they were just perfect in their roles. And actually, as much as I felt, and we said before the game, that we might get in a little bit more. And as we talked about, we did have a few little moments like building up to the edge of the boxes and stuff. Van der Veen was solid. Solange didn't really go looking during He's game. got a lot of pace and he's good. And a doggy, I think you mentioned him earlier, mate. Weirdly, I think we said it, he's come from Udinese, who signed, they signed Zamora to replace him. Well, yeah. I think he's better than Zamora. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he looks like a player. And it's, it's probably going to be for them, which I'm sure they'll be aware of, the squad. Because I look at it, and there's no respect to these players. You go, a doggy's out. You go, Ben Davies. Mm. And if one of them said their arse is out, Davis and Sanchez, Eric Dyer. I know they are, there is, you know, they might get someone getting late, but that's the only thing for me. You will get injuries over the course of the season. But the style under Ange is just, it's weird how we all call him Ange, isn't it? Although Dyer, I've got to say, changed, helped change the game. Well, I think that him at oh, Ed's well. when he came on in the home yeah. game last season, yeah. I think he actually just calmed things down. Yeah, it's true. Ed's core also yeah, it's true. superb. Right, so look, it's frustrating, it's annoying, and look, a lot of Spurs fans, and thank you if you've subscribed or, or, or liked any of the videos over the weekend, but they were praising, like we've said, a lot of Bournemouth fans for their for their comments. Um, so I haven't seen much of Twitter, Tom. Have Has anyone been losing their shit a little bit in terms of Andoni or AFC Bournemouth, or is everyone sort of have a little patience? Yeah, uh, well, is everyone still okay? I think uh, from a Bournemouth fan perspective, I think so. Well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I think... Um, you get the usual match. I don't know why I watch. Well, what I should do is mute it when they talk about Bournemouth for four seconds. Oh, hang on. I saw a 30-second um, clip where, where he was looking at the amount of more, uh, money that Bournemouth have spent. 
Yeah, and then saying that they're injured. Yeah, and then the, it was more like how we've started and we could be in trouble for getting, you know, the fixtures we've had are a joke, by the way. Mm. Um, unless they're going to come as well. But yeah, and I think it's easy for them to do it. Gary Neal, you know, credit to them, they got their first win, didn't they? So it's probably easier to do it. And yeah, listen, they, they, they're told to talk about us 20 seconds. They don't really know what's going on, do they? Um, yeah, they're not focusing on, on teams like Bournemouth on a match of the day. But for Cherry's fans, were okay? I was there so. losing, no, losing No, No, I didn't didn't see too much, I don't think. Um, okay. I, I think, yeah, there's yeah, there's certain bits and bobs. And there was a, I think, uh, as, as you mentioned at the top of the show, there was there's always a kind of debate when there's a, a change in the lineup. And I think a lot of people would debate. There's then pro Kelly, you know, some people saying, how's Kelly starting? He's rubbish. Some people saying Kelly's our best defender. He should be playing, and that's that's what's ever. It's all up for debate. And I think um, I think if you can make a case that that Kelly's better than Celestine, you can make a case the other way. I sit on the Snessy side, yeah. but you know I think we've got four really good centre halves actually. So Brett Pittman versus Jan Kern, the yeah, flavour again. It's good. It's good to have them. Good to have them kind of headaches and problems. And yeah, and I think. I think it is what it is. We've got a good squad now, which is good, and we're going to get more players back. So, yeah, I think everyone's still a little bit. Uh, stay calm. Um, it'll be all right. And also, and also, when you check out the league table, we are staying up. We played West Ham in a Champions League spot, played Spurs in a Champions League spot, played Liverpool Three. in a Champions League played spot. So, four. to put it into context, like, it's it's not that we, we've played teams that seem to be in a pretty good vein, in a rich vein of form at this point in time. West Ham especially, I think, have done great. There's a lot of um, fans eating humble pie a little bit. Will that last? We don't know. But with James Ward-Prowse and stuff, you know, yeah. what they... They're, they're a good time, actually. Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking all right. Spurs are looking good. And Liverpool, after their Shit. last gasp heroics at St. James's Park... Know, we'll talk about that on the they are better they are better with 10 men aren't they yeah, they are better um, but yeah I agree mate you look at them fixtures at least we've only got Brentford Chelsea Brighton up next so mm. are we ever going to play anyone at the bottom half <laughs> I'm not sure um, but yeah it is what it is you've got to play everyone twice isn't you? Um, but yeah it's uh, like you say mate I don't think we've been a million miles off it in all games it's and the, the place we're in at the moment with I think I've said this a few times but You've got, and this is not meant with any sort of, um, I'm trying to have a dig or anything, but you're literally going from, you could probably, two, you can maybe, I mean, it's probably too far back to say like Tyndall and Woodgate, but Parker and O'Neill, for example, the way they play, which to a degree both of them were successful at, is pragmatic, is a bit more, you know, let's pick our moments on the counter, but let's be hard to break down. And we're suddenly going the complete opposite. So to expect, and and we've got about eight injuries. Yeah. So to expect that to just go, well, why haven't we beaten Tottenham and Liverpool? You know, it's calm down. Yeah, yeah. We're calm. Harry Barlow said it best. Yeah, exactly. Better patience. We'll be fine. Yeah. And we'll look, I'm, we'll I'm, fine. I'm really looking forward to the players that are coming back. And, uh, you know, there are some teams that do look in a worse position than us. It's funny. Um, I, I was saying just off air, like on um, James Alcott's show with um, Flav, yeah. the Jaffan podcast, yeah. they were saying that, each Premier League team has got their own kind of number of games they cannot win before fans yeah. can legitimately start having a pop. Yeah. Um, well, obviously with the top with the top six sides, I think that that number is naturally going to be smaller because of all the money and the expectation that comes with it and the huge fan base. For, for us, mm. I'm not advocating this at all because we're nowhere near a position where that would be like. How how long could we go without getting? I mean, the media perception will be probably quite quick because they'll go, "Well, they got rid of O'Neill after teaming up, so they get rid of him." But I think from inside Bournemouth, if you've got a brain cell, you wouldn't think about it this season. Um, if you're trying to do a project, I never understand not giving it a bloody season. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting talk point because I was figuring out if that's going, should people be questioning Sean Dyche? But because he's Everton, Neville goes, oh, they're always a mess. Yeah. It, he kind of didn't get any pressure. Yeah. Um, it is is weird. I think you'll end up having a thing that's probably been against us in the past because we've got a few managers sacked by beating them. That if you if you don't beat Luton, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what'll end up happening. If a team don't beat Luton, he could lose his job. Yeah, yeah. And I remember us, I think we got Mourinho, there was another Chelsea, might have been Sari. Yeah, yeah. We've had that a few times. Gemma going, well, if you can't beat Bournemouth, you ain't good enough. So, yeah, interesting one, mate. But yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely fine, like you say. Credits to Tottenham, they look very good. Um, and we, we weren't, we, we just couldn't quite match up the day. But I've, yeah, I've, I'm still, I'm still happy enough. I think we'll be absolutely fine, mate. And yeah, as you said, cheers to all the 
Tottenham fans for subscribing and like really because po- they're probably thinking they love the fan cast thing. Oh, they're talking about the game now. I wonder if Sam has on with it. Oh, it's the what the only one we didn't like on fan cast. So I apologise, and I'm sure you'll win something. If they win something, they're gonna have me out. <laughs> yeah, meme it up. Um, it's a busy, it's a busy old week for back of the net. Like we said, we're gonna have an agenda show where we're taking a look at the press bits, but. We'll only do it when it's a clear week. So it's after every home game, but there's a small matter of the Carabao Cup on Thursday. So we're gonna, uh, Tuesday, we're going to be travelling to Swansea and then um, there'll be a vlog on Wednesday. No fan cams, but we'll have our own reaction, I'm sure. And then we'll be beginning to get into the preview stuff at Brentford. So busy old week for back of the net. Um, yeah. Tom, it's been wonderful. Been wonderful, mate. As I say, everyone, and just stay calm. I'll tell you what, I fancy a cup run. So, you know, it's not far away. We'll be fine. I reckon, clip this one up, we got two games this week. We ain't losing. There you go. Tom has said it. Whether you've been watching or listening, thanks very much for listening to Back of the Net. We'll see you soon. Jerry's. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.